morning. It's uh, Saturday morning, November 20th. Welcome to the See Where It Goes podcast with Brian Bridget. Good morning, everybody. Are you settled there? I hit record too early. Uh, you hit it a wee bit I too early, but I think I'm while. okay. You don't need to start over. Thank you for the latte. The You're welcome. The spice latte here. It's the time. Thing that comes I know. Out, you you know. know what I think of every time I have a pumpkin spice latte? Do you know? Pumpkin and spices. No. So one of my fondest memories of the pumpkin spice latte is when we lived in Chicago. You and I? Uh-huh. And it was the year 2001. And I worked for a restaurant. Which one? Called Petarino's. Okay. Which was next door to the Goodman Theater. Yeah. Was it next door? Or was it was just it like was very close. Really yeah. close. Okay, because we we had a really large theater crowd that would come in to have dinner before they would go to see a play at the Goodman. But anyway, I became pregnant in the year two thousand and one with our first child, Liam, and my midwife. Two thousand two, you got pregnant with him. Oh, that's right, two thousand two. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so never mind. So this was two thousand and two, yeah. not two thousand and one. Yeah. Okay. That's right, because pregnancy is only nine months long. Yeah. And he was born in December. December. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, honey. (laughs) So anyway, 2002. So my midwife, she told me that I could have one coffee a day as big as I wanted. And so I remember when it was coming into the fall season, I would have... um, I would go to Starbucks because there was one on my way when I would get off the train downtown Chicago and then on my way walking to Petarino's, I would pass a Starbucks and I would go in there and I would get a venti pumpkin spice latte. And that's what I would have while I was doing my side work. And they were just so good. And of course, you know, it'd be really cold in November in Chicago and in December and I really enjoyed it because that was the only, well, number one, that's the only time of the year that they would serve it. And I think actually that was the first year that I had them. Like, I don't think I'd ever tried a pumpkin spice latte in any of the years leading up to that. So every time I have a pumpkin spice latte, I think of that time being pregnant with Liam and taking the train. And so it's a really nice, <clears throat> it's a very nice memory because that was fun. Yeah. My pregnancy was fun and I loved it. Oh, good. I yeah. thought you vomited a lot during that pregnancy. I did vomit. Well, I remember, do you remember how excited I was the first time I vomited? Yeah, because it was a good sign. Yeah, so I was walking down. Uh, people might be having breakfast now. Oh, they don't care. This is. All right. You're not no. going to describe it. I'm actually not going to care if they're eating right now right. because I want to tell the story. All right. Okay. So. I remember my midwife, she had told me that if you get sick and if you become really nauseous, then that can be a really good sign. It it can actually be a bad sign too, by the way. But anyway, it can also be a good sign. So I remember I was walking down a street, I forget where, and I threw up in someone's lawn, or not their lawn, but you know, like that front way, the, the median where the grass is. Yeah. In between their lawn and the sidewalk, or not in between, but those you have the lawn, the sidewalk, and then the yeah. grassy patch. Yeah. It's like I threw up in that grassy patch. And then I remember calling you 
being like, I just threw up. Like I was so excited, not realizing that that was going to be something that happened on a daily basis for the next two and a half months. Oh, wow. Yeah, your first trimester. And I was like, oh my gosh, why was I so excited about this? That's good. But anyway, once that passed, then my pregnancy was a piece of cake. And um, it was actually fun to be pregnant. Everyone doesn't have a fun time being pregnant. It can be very, very hard. Um, Finn follows this woman named Colleen Ballinger. And her pregnancies are absolutely horrific. And she has all kinds of complications and problems. My niece has all kinds of problems. So I understand it's, I'm very lucky. I was a very lucky person. Yeah. So anyway, here's to the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. And I'm going to have my first drink. Very good. There, there she goes. Such a pretty color too. Now that though, if that came Mm. out every year, if that came out year round, would it, it would, you think it would dilute its specialness? It would dilute the specialness. I like that it's only out once a year. I so, treat myself to, I think this is like my fourth one this season. Yeah. There's a, so one of the other things about the autumn time is I like um, Oktoberfest beer a lot. Marzen. I like that. I like that too. And it usually comes out once a year for six weeks. But there's a bar, I think maybe I mentioned it before, that has it year round. So What bar is that? Burleson Beer Yard. It has it has pol, uh, pol, pollen. Oh, I forgot now. Pollinator, not pollinator, something. Um, but they have it on on draft every. Um, they have it on draft. So, how are they able to get it year I round? No, actually, that's a, it's good. You know, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe someone, maybe the beer that person that makes the beer. Maybe they, they must store theirs. Yeah, but I, what's funny is like I've been there for the last year. I have it every third, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, and I'm there. So, okay, how was your week? My week was really good. I worked a lot. I've been preparing for uh, becoming a scrum master and uh, working on my resume. Like, that has been quite the process because I haven't written a resume in years. And so I was like reading a book on how to do it, watching videos, and then finding templates, putting the template together, and then sending it to people who were, you know, professionals who, you know, specialized in resumes and things like that, getting feedback, then coming up with a very polished resume, but then getting feedback once again from someone else in the industry. And, uh, and she had some, you know, updates that she thought would make it better. And so I implemented those as well, especially since she's in the Scrum Master industry and she's a leader in that industry. So I was like, you know, I'm going to follow everything that she says. So I did that this week. And, um, you know, I'm just still studying everything related to Scrum. And uh, I'm getting my first interview nice. to be a Monday. Scrum Master. Well I know Monday, so I'm... In Chicago, well, we don't... Just I'm really, really company. excited and nervous. Sure. Well, just getting the interview is a huge thing, I think. Yeah. With no experience. So. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, and that's all due to you because this is a connection, which is, this is the importance of networking people. Well, networking look, I, may, may I say, and relationships. Uh, can I? Well, okay. You say, finish that thought and then I'll, I'll jump on it. Well, I was just going to say, you know, Brian, because you guys had such a, an amazing work group where you were in Chicago that left, 
you know, lasting memories in this person's mind that when you posted on LinkedIn about me wanting to move into this, this space after not working for, you know, 19 years, he was like, you know what? He's, he said to me on the phone, he's like, that place was so special to me. And it was like a family. And he said, I'm always willing to help out family. So just getting this interview is thanks to you. And then I have to bring it home based yeah. on me. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you said, I've always, uh, uh, so I, I get that there is networking that happens, but. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wait, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. It's about your character too. Oh, thank you. Because your character, if you had been some, you know, person who was, I don't know, maybe, you know, who had a lot of bad character traits and you weren't fun to work with or whatever, you were a joy kill. I mean, maybe, you know, he would have seen it and be like, oh, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, but because you left a lasting impression that was obviously good, then yeah. he was like, you know what? This is my, this is my family. So I want to help out family. Huh. No, it was huge to hear that. Um, I was thinking about, well, networking, I always think like you, when you're connecting with people mm -hmm. for a future agenda that uh, for something you need right mm -hmm. i guess i've always i've always and i get that right but I, i've always resisted that and I, I feel that um but everybody does it honey well yeah but i'm just like with that guy it's um um i don't remember the, i remember the group yeah specifically and uh we did have fun and it was fun mm -hmm. but i mean i think i think uh, the way i approach it is they're they're we, we should just be kind to people and um and uh, well, hang on. I mean, don't stop me because it'll be corny otherwise. Uh, yeah, like there's times where somebody somebody leaves and they start a job, and I usually have mm -hmm. a, I try to check in with them a few weeks later, so or day first day they start. Mm -hmm. How's the job? How's it going? Yeah. If I remember to do it. Yeah. And I I do it not because I, I yeah I don't know I just think it's nice to if you can think of it to reach out to people and just say how are you doing? Like somebody reached a friend of mine reached out to me. Um, and said, how did that go? And, and I, it was very touched that she thought to remember to ask. Right, know? right. So um, what's my point there? I, I don't know. know. Well, I think yeah, network yeah. Is, networking is important and it's not supposed, to, I, 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 don't, I don't think it can, should be a negative thing. Because here's the thing is I believe most people want to help other people. Yeah. They want to help you. And probably some point, at some point in the past, someone has helped them. And so if everyone has that attitude that like, if I have the opportunity to help you, I would be more than happy to do that. You know, if you let me know that you're looking for something and I have good rapport with you and I know you are a good candidate and I have the, and I see something come up, why would I not help you? And then vice versa, if you, if you see an opportunity for me, why would I not help you? You know, someone said to me once that there's enough to go around. There's enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be a competition. Yeah. And there are enough opportunities for everyone out there. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to hoard the opportunities. Yeah. You know, we can spread them out. And I think if you think of networking in that way, that's different than just like, oh, let me get my, let me selfishly network with this person so that they can hook me up at some point in the future. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. But you have to do it because if you're silent and you're off in your own world, how's anyone even going to know what you're doing? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, that's good. So how was your week, Brian? Well, thanks for asking. Well, uh, you're welcome. I got a, my author's coffee, copy of a book I'm publishing. Yay! Called Ring's End, based Very in Ring's End, Dublin. Congratulations. Uh, the, the village next door. Yeah, it's about a father and daughter. And they get um, recruited to be part of a counter-terrorist mm-hmm. strike group throughout Europe while they stay at home in Ring's End. And they, they, they basically control these cyborgs who look human. Yeah. And they have to have human controllers because there's a moral mandate on the on this terrorist group that uh, anti-terrorist group that they they that to kill the terrorist needs a human decision so anyway that's kind of a mm-hmm. weird power uh, elevator statement for that but well it's to keep the ai from going rogue yes, too yes even yeah. though it's yeah. interesting in your book i don't, uh, don't want to give it away okay I yeah, won't give it but away. there is something so there was there was conditional funding given that humans would that humans of moral character would be given the decision point that would be given a decision would be given the decision to make um, the kill. Mm-hmm. So the cyborg can make can gather all the data. They can they can present the data to the controller. Yeah. And say we think this person's a threat. Make a decision what to do, mm-hmm. and then the controller makes the decision what to do. And again, they, there's a there's a there's a deep vetting system to find people of moral character. Well, Peter Casey and his daughter Jackie are those people of moral character. Yeah. So we think. And I think it's really good. I mean, I read it. I think I've read it twice. Yeah. Did I read it twice? But anyway, it reads, it re. I've never read a movie script, yeah. but I imagine that, um, that it reads like a movie script because it's yeah. actually like watching a movie when you read it. Yeah. It's like you're going from action, like conversation to action, to conversation to action, like, yeah. All the way throughout, like you don't have that many, like you do have reflection in there. You'll have blocks of where he's thinking yeah. and uh, analyzing his feelings and reminiscing and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just all, it just keeps moving. It's at a very fast clip yeah, yeah. throughout the book. Um, because a lot of times in books, I'll skip pages. Yeah, You know, I'll just skim through because I'm like, there's nothing important you're telling me in these, you know, these passages. You could have just easily deleted them. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I didn't really feel like there was anything in your book that I needed to, to delete. Yeah. Like I felt yeah. like everything I read was added value to your story yeah. and was important. It was fun to write. Like I, it's my third book, but I wouldn't publish the first two. I don't think partly because they were, they were also kind of a, I did feel like I created. They were more contrived. They did feel that way. This one never did. It always felt like that it the story was coming to me, and I right. was just writing it down. And it was fun to just try to keep up with the storyteller, right. whoever that was. Yeah, so I did have a feel, and some of that was books I've been reading about the creative process, where yeah. a lot of times the idea comes to you and asks you, "Will you will you mm-hmm. write me down?" So whether that's true or not, just mentally looking at it that way. Mm-hmm was fun. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, about I think it's cool. And I, we'll get that out there in the next, probably in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon. I had to take it down so I can do one more pass on spelling and stuff. But you did the cover, which I, I like. And it was, it was I, as we said earlier, talk about the, uh, the creative mistakes. Mm-hmm. It was, um, 
you drew it, and then when you took a picture of it, the shadow of the phone was on the was on the page. Mm-hmm. And we and I was like, oh man, I wish you had got a photograph of it without the shadow, because then you started painting it in, and we lost the original. Yeah. Without the paint on it. Yeah. But when I ran it through a filter, the the filter interpreted the gray of the shadow, and it gave it a color of blue. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked out really well. And I, so I think your mistake led to a really good book cover. Good. I'm glad you like it. Which, and then as a side note, I like where the streets of no name by you two was also a mistake. They they had the beginning guitar piece was mm -hmm. the mistake, and Brian Eno, the producer, grabbed the tape and said, "Enough. Where it's you guys are at, keep adding to it, and it's making mm -hmm. it worse." We're going to start from scratch. And he grabbed the tape and tried to get away with destroying it. And someone stopped them. And then by stopping him, we have right. the mistake. The, mm -hmm. the, the, that actually not, isn't the way it was supposed to go. Right. Anyway, so not that I'm comparing my well, book no, with Well, no, that happens. Streets. Like, I was told once to never paint over a painting. Yeah. Because I used to paint over paintings all the time that I didn't like. And, I mean, I haven't stopped doing that. And I just did it recently. Like, last year, I painted over a painting. Yeah. And the reason why, and there's no right or wrong, but the reason why they say not to paint over a painting is sometimes you can't see the painting for what it is in that moment. Like it might look like one giant mistake to you, or maybe you don't like it, or maybe you can't see its benefits or what's beautiful about it. But distance sometimes and time can give you a brand new perspective. So the other day I was like seeing Facebook memories and I saw a painting come up that I had painted over. Yeah. And I was looking at it and I was like, that was a really good painting. And yeah. I actually liked it more in that moment than I had previously. Yeah. And also the, the, the other thing too is when you, are, when you allow other people's feedback to affect how you perceive something, that can cause you to lose good art. Because I remember that particular painting not getting a ton of good reviews, which led me to think, oh, this must be crap. Therefore, I'm going to paint over it and not like standing by my own work. Yeah. Like the, like the With or Without You song. Or if, Streets of No Name. Oh, sorry. Streets of No Name. If, if that guy had won yeah. and his artistic perspective had won the day, then it would be a different song. What's funny now, is this is the guy who wanted to destroy the tape is no lightweight. Like he's he's known to be Brian Eno, one of the mm -hmm. greatest producers. So it's not like he didn't carry weight. Right. And, and they should, you know, technically they should have listened to him. They were still a relatively young band. But it's funny how even his, I think how he, he had the tape on a tray of tea mm -hmm. and it fell. And yeah, made a big noise and brought all the attention of what he'd been, he was planning on doing oh, with the tape. Oh, wow. And then they saw the tape and they grabbed it. I mean, it was a, it's a funny story, but... Yeah, so well, even, my point being that even somebody who... If, if, the, if the song was intended to be a mistake, which ended up being one of their best songs mm -hmm. with one of the greatest openings, um, even Brian Eno couldn't stop that from happening. Yeah. So there you go. Although in saying that, so in, so uh, I, I'm gonna pull the I did pull the book down off the website so mm -hmm. I could because I don't want somebody finding mistakes and giving it a bad review. So I'll take a week or two to fix it and then put it back. Probably December first, they'll put a release on it for Christmas time. But uh, enough about me and the plugs. There, the the cyborg you put on the front uh -huh. is just stencil black and white. But I do think lips putting a color on her lips would be great. Yeah, so I can do That's that this homework. week. Um, 
yeah, I can reprint it. What I'll do is I'll do two versions. Yeah. I'll keep it with the mistakes and do the lips and then I'll clean it up because I wanted to make a few more edits to it. Yeah. And do the lips and then see which one you like. Sure. The best. It's interesting. I know the edits you want to do and I I think cuz you call them you're calling them mistakes and I actually think they're I like them. Oh, you like them. Okay. Well, you're what you're wanting to clean up looks like it's a wire that goes into her eye. The right, cyborg's right. robotic eye. Well, no, I wanted to keep that wire, but I okay. wanted to like just like. All right. Well, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. If we do it, then we'll see You'll what You'll have two do. versions. Okay, so. Okay, what are we talking about today? Well, we had mentioned in a podcast a few weeks back, we had talked about a thing called working agreements. And I learned about these from you because you use these in Scrum. And. I don't remember when you told me about them, but I just thought they were really cool because it's like you come up with a list of agreements and how you're going to interact with one another as a team. And so as I was like studying to become a scrum master, I wanted to begin implementing scrum stuff into my everyday life so that it would give me experience, so to speak, for the interview process. And so I thought, well, we'll have a little, you know, mini... We'll have a little meeting and we'll we'll do some working agreements. So we we came up with some as a family. Um, and just, you know, our family sometimes, like we all get along really well, but sometimes we are we do argue at times and sometimes we get derailed. Like if one person starts freaking out, which is usually me, or maybe Callum, then you know, it kind of sets like a chain reaction to where then we all can start going off the deep end. Um, so yeah, so we sat down. It took what, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And we came up with about six or seven working agreements. Things that we would agree to uh, to use as a family. So anyway, someone had, a listener had mentioned to me that they liked that idea. And so I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. Um, you being old, you're not giving the listener's name. We usually do. I do. I don't always give a listen, the okay, listener's well, name. Listener. Thank you for the question, listener. Um, so listener. anyway, so there's all kinds of examples of working agreements. So, you know, one could be like if you're having a meeting. Well, let's talk about as far as a family. Well, if you were doing it in a professional setting, one thing you could say is we all agree to participate fully. Yeah. That would be a good working agreement. Yeah. Like when I was being trained to be a scrum master and I was on the zoom call I hate those moments of like where no one's speaking yeah and like people are just waiting and then I usually always have something to say like I always have to like hold back yeah you know did people have their cameras on as a matter of interest people did have their cameras on every now and then someone would turn their camera off for a while yeah yeah and um but anyway that that would be like in a business setting yeah um, but yeah, so anyway, also we, what we did too, is once we came up with our working agreements, we put them, I put them on the back wall, the glass window on sticky notes so that if we forget what the working agreements are, we can just go back and reference them and read them again and say, Hey, you know, these are our working agreements. Um, another thing you can do too, is that. They're there in place so that when you for when you when things start going downhill again, you can reference them, you know, 
And like maybe the mom and dad or the scrum master or the coach can be like the custodian of the working agreement. But everyone in the family, in the unit, can can hold the other person responsible for the working agreement. Because they were part of agreeing to it. Because they were part of agreeing to it. So you yeah. you all have to sit down collectively and have to all agree. Like the first working agreement is to agree that you're going to have working agreements, basically. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know? It's like we agree with these. You should, you should do like a declaration of independence where everyone signs it at the bottom. Yeah. And you do stick. I think it needs to be stuck up on a wall. In the, in the old days when we were actually mm-hmm. in offices, you would have it on a wall. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you would point to, I used it once where we agreed to have our daily stand-up at whatever it was, 8.30. And we had one guy yeah. who was always late, five minutes late, but enough. Yeah. Where, so I said to him, hey, uh, I, and all I did was make the observation. I observed that you're five minutes late consistently. Mm-hmm. Do we need to change the agreements? And he said, oh, no. Oh, good. No. Now, if he said yes, it would have been. I think he knew. He, if, it really, if it really was an issue at home, he hopefully would have responded and said, yeah, I'm having problems at home. So let's talk about it. Yeah. And the team will understand. Right. But his was just staying up too late. And the okay. alarm not going off. So as soon as I said, do we need to change the agreements? He said, no, I'll just start turning up on time, which he did. Yeah. Because he realized that if I put it to the floor and said, guys, um, whatever his name was, is asking that we change the working agreements. Because mm-hmm. it took us a while to get to that 830 time. We talked right, about it. It works right. for me. It doesn't work for me. Let's 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 agree on this. So to have to renegotiate the stand-up time yeah. would have been some effort. And if the team pressed him on it, he'd say, well, I just, you know, I'm, my alarm's not working. They, would have, they wouldn't have changed the time. And he knew that. So you're right. kind of using the weight of the, of the group mm-hmm. to, to have the person either change their behavior or if it's a legitimate problem where we do need to change the working agreements, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do, then, yeah. then the team will do it. So, yeah. But the thing is, it's taken that weight off you that you're not the teacher and you're not mom right. or dad right. telling you, got to be here on time. So... Right, because this is something you already agreed to. Yeah, I'm just, right. I'm just reminding I'm just, yeah. you to do, to live by what you said you were gonna do. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think they're, I think they're really cool, and also, it, it because you had written that down already, he was aware. He had to already be aware of that he was breaking this agreement. Yeah, you know, because it was in his face every day. Yeah, although you in that know? case, I don't think it was. I don't think we had it on the wall. We probably oh, should didn't? have. We probably should have. But anyway, yeah. And it empowered you as the scrum master, as the facilitator. It empowered you to speak to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like as a family, it would empower the mom and dad or the husband or the wife. Depends on the chair there. Remember I get know. the ink on it. it uh, do it, these leak sometimes? Nah, really mind I'll, so. I'll move it. That's all right. Because you use real fountain pens. I do. They leak all the time, but I love them. Um, okay. And I, I think it, um, it, it can enhance your experience as a family or as a team. Yes. Because it can just, it just makes you better. Makes your communication better. Hopefully. Like I've noticed one of ours was about name calling and I won't rat out the offenders, but I've noticed there's been way less name calling how much do you think they do you think there was buy-in from the offenders on the well, working all, agreements did you sense it well there <clears throat> i don't know if i asked them if there was buy-in or not yeah but i think after the third or fourth time of me reminding certain individuals about that that i think it finally started to like make sense yeah 
you know, that they, I think maybe I got buy-in a little late, perhaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a good thing that I should have said. Um, because that's one thing about having working agreements is you all have to agree yeah, to that yeah. agreement. Yeah. Um, and then review them on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, so you don't forget what they are. So, yeah, here's some things. So you want to have them limited in number. You don't want to have like too many. You want them f fully supported by each member of the team or the family. Uh, members reminded of agreements during process checks. Well, if you're a family, you may not have process checks, but this could be something you do like at breakfast or at dinner time or when you're having a beer, a glass of wine, maybe on date night, uh, family eat out or whatever. Just say, hey, we're going to take three minutes here and just read over these and, and, and ask, is everyone still okay with these working agreements? Do they still work for us? Do we need to adjust them in any way? Um, and then remind people when they're broken in a kind way. Okay. Do you have anything to add before I go on here? Are you going to go on about working agreements? Well, I'm just going to give some examples. Okay. Well, so one thing I haven't using them in a family has been new, a new idea. When yeah. we work with teams, we review them not every quarter, just mm -hmm. for memory or when they get violated, we review them Yeah. when they, but we review them when, um, when a team, uh, when new team members join, yeah, it's, it, yeah, that's a good point. It's important for them to see the working agreement so they can, yeah. they can get along. But since they weren't there when they were written, mm -hmm. if you don't refresh them, the message you're sending them is these are our working agreements that you need to comply to. Right, so, so right. You, every quarter you got to refresh them. That's and a good point. And include the new person's input and say, yeah. see if they buy into it. Right. Maybe if maybe in that previous example, you have a person who just can't get to the stand up on mm -hmm. time. And now we're going to have the conversation and yeah. we can adjust it. Um, that's it. Go ahead and give your yeah. examples so it'll solidify them. That's a good point. Well, just things like show respect. And I mean, even as a married couple, you know, we don't always show respect to one another. You know, but that's if you, if you and I are having a conversation and we just if we're respectful the whole time I mean that right there just keeps potential arguments from happening just by doing that one thing you know yeah what's Maggie doing just her head fast asleep on the floor she's oh, uh, in the middle of a microphone Brian <laughs> pointed out Maggie's laid out you should take a picture of her so you can post it on okay, uh, yeah. when Sorry we post the, the, the podcast there. And she's big, you guys. She weighs like 68 pounds. She has a shoulder injury, so she's been, she's not allowed to go on really long walks because we're trying to, like, get her shoulder to heal. And, um, but we we had to reduce her food, too, but I think she's still getting fat. Sorry, back to your, I don't mean to, I I think you, I have this feeling that you're bored. Why? I'm taking I don't know. I'm just getting this okay. feeling from you that are like, Oh, you want to talk about working agreements and... Yeah, just because I, I talked about it a week ago with some guys at work, so I'm not learning anything. So I, I guess I am getting bored. Okay, was well, the purpose of the podcast for you to learn something, honey? Uh, it's definitely a good side benefit. I know, we just through talking, we learn things. You know, Go ahead, finish right. your examples, though. Don't worry about me. I'm just taking pictures, that's all. I know, but you're... Okay. Well, I Actually, was we, can apply working we can apply our own working agreements to this 
moment right okay, now. No, I, let's do it. Because I'm right not, now I'm, I'm feeling anymore. frustrated with you. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel the messages you're sending to me is when you look at me with blank stares. Yeah. And like you're ready for me to move on and just get through with it. Right. It's making me feel like I'm boring I'm and sorry. stupid no, boring. over here. No, why, why do you internalize it? Maybe the subject is just a bit boring. Maybe you're not. Why do you make it you? Well, I don't know. Well, I just know your face so well. Like yeah. I know, okay, but no, I can tell when you're bored. Okay. Yeah. But, but then that makes me think that whoever's going to be listening to this is bored. Uh, not necessarily. It could be news to them. Oh, let's give the examples. I'll, I'll okay, well, I will phone. give some of these examples. Yes. And I won't. Now I'm going to choose to apply the working agreements and yeah. not be rude to you. Because that's, I feel like being rude right now. But you're not going to. Oh. But I'm not going to. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I think you, you, would just, you would just be rude for the sake of the audience, though. I think I got a feeling you don't really want to be rude. No, I actually do. Why? Want to be rude. Why? <laughs> well, because I just feel like it's not, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, it's it's. I mean, it, I know you deal unfair. with this all the time. I think they're actually pretty cool. And I'm you know just, what? I'll tell you what it is. What you, is it? You knew coming into this what we we're going to talk about. Yeah. And that's that's new. Usually we don't know, and that's what makes it uh, fun. Is like we don't the fear of getting stuck and not knowing what we're going to talk about. There's something fun about about that. So you're gonna say. Brian, you know that in the past we have started podcasts where we didn't know we yeah, were, yeah, what I we do, were going to talk about. Well, what's interesting correct? is, yeah, last night I was like, I don't want to do the podcast because I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so I'm kind of... Right. Well, I'm you're kind of very like, you go back and forth between wanting yeah. to do, wanting to know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I know. And then not wanting to right. know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And True. you want to follow a set of strict guidelines that you keep flip-flopping on. Yeah. No, which what's is for okay, me, because no, okay. you ever think about this, see where it goes could also be like, see where it goes. Does it go to the fact that we're going to plan for what we talk about on the podcast? Oh, sure, sure. Or is it going to go to where we don't plan for what we talk One about? Are we going to talk about part of it's going to be planned and part of it's not going to be planned. So one of my favorite three episodes was from pa power score to Palestine. We knew what we were going to talk about. We studied exactly. For it. We studied for it. Yeah. So I'm, so just, why is this bad that what I'm doing or why I feel like, okay, you're not responsible for my feelings. Right. Okay. You can't make me feel a certain way, No. You but your actions. Yeah. When I see how your face is, when you're looking at me yeah. inside of me, the feelings I have in response to that are second guessing myself yeah, and thinking that I'm boring people because I'm choosing to talk about this no, that's good. when you don't want to. That's good feedback. What you just did was impactful feedback. Thank you. You know what that is? Have I think I before? learned that from you. Yeah. What you just did there, you said when you look around you just call out the behavior you call out the observation right. i'm just observing what you're doing right and when you do that yeah the story i make up or what i tell myself or the story i tell myself or, yeah or how this how that impacts me is that it makes me feel that the the subject i picked is not interesting and it makes me think that other people won't find it interesting right so i got you loud and clear that's good okay thank you well you taught me that yeah i did well that was better than calling me an a-hole i didn't call you an a-hole no but if you were about to I don't think you would have, but maybe you would No, have. I wasn't about to call you a name. I was just... So, can I give you one, one more thing? Yeah. I was on the scooter in the middle of the street, and this guy pulls out 
and it looked like it was going to hit me. Uh-huh. And he went to roll his window down. I thought he was going to call me a name. And instead he said, hey, you shouldn't be here. It's dangerous. We're pulling out. And then he took off. And I thought, that was really helpful. He didn't mm-hmm. call me a name. He told me what I did wrong. And he's right. I was in a very dangerous spot where people were pulling out. And all he did was make me aware of what you're... Of, where he, were you? Just here on um, Broadway. Well, you know, we've had multiple conversations about the scooter. No, and no, I wish that, we could have working agreements around the scooter. Okay, but that's besides the point. Uh, I The point is that he gave me impactful feedback. And it was very helpful. Which your wife has given you that same Not impactful that feedback. intersection, though. Well, I can't be with you on your little rides around right. the city really on your dumb. scooter. Across the street, it was a really bad idea. At rush you know, hour. Brian. I get it. Let's really, I can't even about the scooter. I've I can't. The scooter. I've only. I was on it one time recently. Why don't you sell it? I'm going to sell it. If you're not going to sell it, I'm going to sell it. You just really need to let that thing go. Why don't you sell it and then I'll I'll put the mo- the money on an Uber card or something. I just don't know. Okay. I'd find me if you sell it. I'm anyway. fine if you sell it. I just don't like dealing with all those people who say they're going to buy it and they never turn up. Can you go back to the working room? Because I feel like I've burned up five, ten minutes now. I'm not listening. Okay, well, we're going to go quickly through these no, working no agreements so that we... Oh, it is 9.30, just so you know. Oh, it's 9.30? Okay, we'll go five more minutes on okay. this. Well, basically, here's some examples. One example I liked of a working agreement is being able to give feedback and receive feedback. Oh, that's good. Because that's very powerful. If you if you might have a working reg- agreement that says like, you know, be respectful, be patient, no name calling, no yelling. Um, and then the person is doing those things, they're breaking them and it's your and you want to bring it to them and say, hey, I noticed you were yelling. Yeah. You know, then. If one of your working agreements is not only to give that feedback in a very kind, respectful way, and your other working agreement is to receive that feedback, because it's a very uncomfortable place to be the person receiving the feedback, but it's it's okay to receive it and to receive it in a calm manner and say, oh, okay, I hear you. I broke the I broke the working agreement. I received the feedback and I will, you know, try to do better next time yeah. or I'll do better next time. Yeah. Because um, we all, all of us have to receive feedback at some point. Like we all make mistakes. Yeah. We all break the working agreements at some point. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. So I don't, okay, so I won't bore them anymore. Actually, that was mean what I just did. Saying I won't bore them anymore. Was that anymore. a shot at me? Yeah. Why did you say that? Was I? Did you see something in my face? No. Okay. So that's it, really. I mean, a lot of this can be applied in the workplace. Um. But yeah, actually, that was it. I was actually finished. That was kind of the finishing point for that. Oh, 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 wait. Here's one more. I love this. Debate the merits of an idea but don't attack the person. So like we don't attack people, we attack ideas. We tear apart ideas, we don't tear apart people. Yeah. This happens in the political sphere like nobody's business. Yeah. The hatred that is going on right now between the political parties, it's awful. Yeah. And it's not because they're not just attacking ideas they've chosen. 
to go beyond the idea to attack the people that hold those ideas. Yeah. And that is so terrible. Like you can disagree with someone's opinion. You can disagree with their perspective, their beliefs, their politics, but you don't have to hate them. Yeah. And they, every, the, both political groups are guilty of this, where they take the opposing party and the opposing people in that party and they literally start hating them. Yeah. You know, I mean, anyway, I just think it's a very toxic way to be. It's hard because people do attack. They do find it. They do very much have an idea, and they attach so much of themselves to the idea. Yeah, which in a way is kind of arrogant because the idea may not have been yours. You may not have come right. up with the idea. You may have borrowed it from someone else. Right. It may have just come to you out of the cosmos, and you're claiming it as your own. All right. you're doing is throwing an idea out there. Right. But yeah, people do get. I wonder what. I wonder if it's always been like that. I wonder if people in the old days were able to actually have a debate and an argument and not have so much I emotion. I think they've always done it. it. I think they've always done it. Yeah. Like even in the Bible, they fought. They would call each other names. You know, like Paul and all those people. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. I we we're gonna actually it's gonna be kind of short today because I have to get ready for a workout. We got started kind of late but um i think that's what we had to say that's it well we'll see you uh we'll talk to you soon have a great thanksgiving for those in the united states and maybe canada i don't know if they have thanksgiving up there i don't know i don't know why i'm not canadian (laughs) why did you bring up canada because i think maybe i wanted to be inclusive of the planet and i think maybe they have thanksgiving up there not that anyone would know because no one listens from canada so Oh my gosh. All right. Funny. That's it. Over and out, everybody. Okay. Adios, you guys. Bye bye.